We're all searching for stability or something that lasts. Streaming on Anchor FM Worldwide, Eternal Insight starts now. Here's Anthony Marinese. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of Eternal Insight. I'm your host, Anthony Marinese, and today we have got yet another fantastic show that will soon be in the books for you. I'm extremely excited about this one because um, today's show, as our guest, uh, we welcome the first ever athletic figure that we've had on any uh, Eternal Insight episodes. This is Eternal Insight episode six, and um, it's it's going to be uh, a doozy, as you'll soon uh, learn and we'll soon figure out. But before we begin uh, each and every show, we have those customary things that we have to sort of get out of the way for you, um, and those, but they're important things. I mean, they're they're not things that we want to gloss over by any stroke of the imagination. We remi- want to remind you that. Um, our radio program, Eternal Insight, is only one of the arms of three of the services in the Internal Insight group. Uh, we also offer uh, publishing and life coaching and spiritual direction. You can learn all about the services offered through the Eternal Insight group by visiting eternalinsight.org. Related to our radio show, we want to remind you to email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to add your own Eternal Insights. Uh, into the mix, you can email us at the web address eternalinsightpm at secretary.net. That's eternalinsightpm at secretary.net. And, of course, for all three of our services, the radio show, publishing outfit, as well as our life coaching and spiritual direction, you can follow us on Twitter at insight underscore eternal. So for the Twitter account, it is actually backwards. Yes, we are eternal insight, but it is at insight underscore eternal. We remind you to follow us there. At the beginning of every show, we like to open with the quote of the show or the quote of the day. And today's comes from the uh, great Hall of Fame basketball coach, John Wooden. Uh, and this quote of the day, um, it's, it's been an inspiration not only to me and my uh, research and work and the intersections of spirituality, sports, and religion, uh, but to so many athletes um, all over the world. And that quote is quite simply, uh, as the good coach has once said before, uh, sports do not build character, they reveal it. Again, Coach John Wooden, sports do not build character, they reveal it. Um, basically, Coach is saying that um, in a person, in the athlete himself or herself, in the case of our guest today, it's the smallest hint possible for you. Um, we are dealing with persons who are already individuals of integrity or individuals of character. And what sports does is it brings that character to the forefront. It brings it out in them for exhibition uh, and so that others can actually see um, that great character that's already innate within the athlete themselves because we know that sports would be nothing were there not the human participants that animate and give life to it. So without further ado, um, we want to introduce our guest for today. Um, Our guest for today um, is remarkable. I've been uh, following her career, her very young career, um, with with great interest, uh, not only because um, she's from uh, the same town uh, as our studios um, and as uh, sort of the outfit of Eternal Insight, but also just because um, she attends the sister school of my old high school, uh, was an all-male Catholic high school here in Memphis, 
um, and she attends uh, basically our sister school, the all-female all Catholic high school um, in Memphis as well. Um, at age 15, she was the youngest player in the uh, that year's U.S. Women's Open and made the cut, finishing 33rd. She is um, the 2017 USA Today High School Golfer of the Year as well as the 2017 USA Today High School Athlete of the Year. She's a member of the all-around victorious 2017 Junior Solheim Cup team. She's verbally committed to play golf at Stanford on a full scholarship. For our listeners, you already know how prestigious Stanford is, so imagine getting a full athletic scholarship to play there. Um, she's a member of um, the 2017 uh, Rolex Junior Golf Team and was named the 2017 Rolex Junior Player of the Year, former players of which include Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, Paula Creamer, as well as Morgan Pressel. Do you have any idea what sport our, our guest plays today? Is that is that in any way shocking to you? And is currently ranked the number one junior golfer in the United States, according to uh, the Rolex rankings. Uh, what a resume! And and to to be only sixteen years old, ladies and gentlemen, we proudly welcome today's guest here at Eternal Insight, Miss Rachel Heck. Rachel, welcome. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Excited. Seems like a little bit nervous too. Uh, we want to mention to uh, our listeners. She probably didn't want me to mention this or not, but um, our our taping was actually scheduled for about a week ago. And 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 poor Rachel, the the evening before we were going to tape this episode, um, came down with the flu and just yeah. You know, I mean, made a remarkable recovery. I mean, all all of you you know can't obviously this radio world. You can't see what I can see, but I mean, it's just beaming. It's just bright and beautiful right now, and everything like. You would never know that she had the flu last week. But either way, she's made the triumphant return that athletes often do. And so we're going to chat with her for a little bit today on the positive values and virtues of sports. And uh, those of you that have heard other episodes of Eternal Insight, you can actually hear it in my voice how excited I am. She's probably like he's smiling like an idiot. Well, this is what I've dedicated my life to, sports, spirituality, and religion, not just as an academic, but as an athlete practitioner uh, myself. One final thing before we jump into um, our interviews and questions with Rachel today, uh, we want to remind you basically what our show, Eternal Insight, is about. It's a show about living now and the life to come, saying goodbye to all that is temporary, and finally laying hold to what is promised, what endures, and what gives us life to the fullest. And I think it's safe to say, not just from her opening resume and intro uh, but some of the other commentary that you're going to hear today from Rachel, that um, she is one wonderful example of someone who, at even such a young age, um, is truly living life to the fullest um, with that sort of eternally minded vision. And that's, that's, such, a, that's such a great thing. We're so thankful um, to have her uh, in studio today um, to participate in this interview. So, Rachel, again, thank you. And we're going to jump right into this. Um, basically, we're just going to keep it casual, like all of our shows are. We're going to ask you a couple of questions and get your responses. And every now and then, there may be a little bit of back and forth with us talking about your answers, or I might add on some questions um, to something that you've said. Uh, you know, it's not challenging. This is not. This is not that uh, already. We're not already into that Stanford academic environment. So it's it's quite all right. Everything's going to be great. Um, in your intro, you know, we pointed out that you were the youngest competitor in the 2017 U.S. Women's Open, and at that time, at the age of only 15, surely 
you know. I'm sure people have already told you how incredible that is. Um, I guess our first question just comes down to simply, what was what was maybe your greatest memory from that experience? Wow, I don't even know where to start there. That entire week was just a dream come true. Um, I When I qualified, I just couldn't believe it. And just being there and seeing all of my idols who I've watched on TV for as long as I can remember. Since I was little, I always watched the U.S. Open and the LPGA. And to actually be there playing alongside all of them was amazing. I, I'd have to say my greatest memory was on Sunday. So after I finished playing on Saturday, I was watching the tee times and I was watching the scores come in. And I was looking, I really want to be paired with Lexi Thompson, who has been my idol for as long as I can remember. And it worked out to where I got to play with her on Sunday, and I just couldn't sleep that night at all. Um, I woke up well before my alarm went off that morning. Um, and I remember warming up and just seeing her next to me on the putting green and driving range. And I think the moment I remember the most is walking to the first tee and my hands were shaking so bad and I still hadn't met her yet but walking up and people started cheering and clapping and then just standing by her on the first tee and she introduced herself and I just told myself to look around and just remember that feeling forever. Uh, I was standing there I wasn't sure if I'd be able to hit the ball. <laughs> my hands are shaking so bad but that was probably my greatest memory just actually having the opportunity to play with my idol. So one of the things that you just mentioned there, um, Rachel, it's, it's remarkable to me, and, and I really I really appreciate you saying it. Um, no, her answers are not rehearsed, everybody. Uh, you know, everybody always asks me that in radio. Do you rehearse your answers with your guests? No, we don't. Um, we give her the questions, of course, so she can prepare a little bit, but um, I hadn't heard these answers, and she just honed in on something that is at the heart of um, Eternal Insight's mission, and that's that sort of... Uh, eternally minded thinking that that looking forward not to just um, the moment, um, not just living in the moment, but absorbing something from living in the moment that you can keep with you forever. And you just seized on that. You talked about how you just should look around, take it in, and then that you're going to remember this forever. And that's just something that um, is entirely remarkable because nobody will ever, you know, be able to take that memory away from you uh, or anything like that. And that's something that, you know, you'll be able to tell people for, for years to come, not just, you know, people that you play with as you continue to develop your talent, but, you know, your your children one day, your children's children. I mean, that's something that you're always going to have with you. And that's that's just absolutely, um, that's just absolutely awesome. Do you have any other um, maybe great insights or experiences or anything like that from participating in the Women's Open that you want to talk about besides getting to play with your idol? Yes, um, kind of like what you were just saying, that, that whole week I just wanted to take it all in. I, before leading up to the U.S. Open, I was getting a lot of emails and people, professional caddies, they wanted to caddy for me and tell me that I should do this and I should prepare this way and, yeah, that I needed certain professional caddies to play well. But I just wanted my dad on the back. He's been with me from the beginning. He is the one who got me into golf. And to come all this way, I thought I th it was really special to me just to have them, him there beside me the whole time because I just wanted to walk up the fairway with him and look around and just take it all in together. I remember I was earlier in the week, I was practicing alongside uh, Lexi Thompson and Michelle Wee and professional golfers and who I've looked up to forever. And my dad walked up and he just kind of whispered and he said, I don't really know what I'm doing out here, but I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend like I'm helping you just because I can. And so I think it was just so cool for both of us to have 
come so far and to have him there beside me was just so special to me. So I think that was really important. And that really um, sort of dovetails perfectly into our, our next question for you. Um, and I know uh, some of our listeners right now, um, something called anticipatory thinking, uh, where you anticipate what somebody else is going to uh, sort of think about or, or, or wonder or something like that. And, and I'm sure we have listeners right now thinking, my God, 16 years old, 15 at the time of the Open. Um, and I know we keep going back to that, and I'm sure it's probably eventually, you know, you've, you've probably thought it's a nightmare for you. Like, people, just focus on my talent. Don't focus on my age. But, but it, you, you know, it's just remarkable. So, I mean, the next question that I know, you know, our, our listeners want to know is that, I mean, you're already, you're still young, but you got your, your start in golf at a very young age. And, and we're just wondering, you know, about how old you were when you first discovered your own love of the game, and um, I feel like I know where this question is going to go, but who would you say helped nurture that love of the game within you? Yes, like I said before, it was definitely my dad. It's kind of funny, when he figured out that he was having girls, he did not want to have to sit through dance recitals and all that, so <laughs> he told my mom, he said, okay, we're getting them clubs, and she, <laughs> she told him, she said, you can't make them like golf, and he said, watch me. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So when we were little, uh, every day after work, he would take us out to the driving range, and we'd play, I don't even know, he'd make up some stupid little game, like, oh, you have to hit three balls, 20 yards, or something, um, something that we'd win for sure, and our motivation, we, we could always get ice cream after. So every day, I wanted to go to golf just so I could get ice cream, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Then that kind of then I just started liking golf itself, and he just made it fun from the beginning. I think that was always really important. That there are so many parents that are really hard on the kids that I see that I play with, and my parents have never been mad at me for playing bad. It's always been about making it fun and making it like a family uh, experience. And so yeah, from the beginning, uh, I just fell in love with the game just because my parents told me that it was something fun to do and not not pressure we didn't even know at that time that golf tournaments for kids existed they just wanted to make it fun for us and this um you know is is something that i've touched on uh in in sort of my um, academic and commentary writing on sports spirituality and religion um throughout throughout my career and uh, granted there is um a a drastic age disparity between myself and and today's guest literally almost almost 10 years um which aside from making me feel just ancient um it it just sort of goes to show i've i've been uh, writing in this field for about as long as you've been alive which is um a little scary but one of the one of the things that we've we've all often focused on in in this field and in this area of writing is um the the reality of um, something that you mentioned in your answer that that parents can sometimes um, turn children away from that genuine love of the game um, and, and one of the things that we've focused on not just in sports psychology but also sport theology is that um, in any e- exhibition of genuine uh, or passionate or authentic love um, there are also trace elements or sometimes not even trace elements but overwhelming elements of the very animator and perfecter of love itself, and that is to say, in our in our Christian tradition, you know, God is love. So when we talk about the love of the game, um, it's something that's personal. It's something that's passionate. It's something that's important to a person. Um, they can they can often glimpse uh, occasions where they can see or even experience God, um, 
almost like a prayer through their performance of the game. But when athletes are at a young age sort of seeing that vitriol or that negativity from parents or from spectators, um, that fundamentally sort of turns them away from that love of the game and also sort of uh, can lead to uh, a negative view of, of God because in, in experiencing love, they're also experiencing God. And so that's something that um, I'm just so delighted to hear um, that, that you've been nurtured in in such a positive way, that, you're, that your parents have um, kept your love of the game alive by making sure that it is about fun and is about um, you know, um, sportsmanship and camaraderie and just making sure that you have a good time. That's, that's a great thing. And, and yet again, I mean, you're, you're keeping this, this flow of, of today's show perfectly because you're, you're literally dovetailing all of these questions right on into each other. Um, you, you've obviously worked so hard to rise to the accomplished level that you are in your talents. And, and again, um, ladies and gentlemen, you heard her resume at the very beginning, and, and, and one of the things that I just would like to maybe seize on for a second, and just let's, let's remember this if we possibly could, um, the 2017 USA Today High School Athlete of the Year, yes, she was also the high school golfer of the year by USA Today, but athlete of the year of all the sports and all of the, the athletes in the United States, she, she, was, she was the high school athlete of, of, of the year. That's that's incredible. Um, so, you know, we're, we're remembering that in this question. You've accomplished these things. What would you say to persons who forget that, that all of that talent, especially athletes, athletes who forget that that talent is actually God-given and not self-given? Mm-hmm. What, what advice or how would you sort of respond to them in that, in that respect? Yeah, I think it's just really important to remember that you're not the sport you play. A lot of people say, I hear, golf is life. No, it's not. Like, God gave you this talent so you could glorify him um, and use it for a better purpose. The Golf itself, it doesn't really matter how I play or anything as long as I'm using that to glorify God and give back to a greater purpose. So I think it's just so important to remember that it's not the sport that matters. It's what you do with your talents to give back and give all the glory to God. I was wondering um, if if maybe you could um, sort of riff on on that for a second. Uh, you mentioned that you know golf is not life, even though people say that that it is. Um, you know, we, we're we're excited that that you're on our show today and that you're our first athlete figure. But um, what maybe take us through just a normal week or day in the life of of Rachel Heck that is without golf like I mean just sort of what else is there that you're excited about that you love that you're that you're really into that that doesn't have to do with your sport because we again we often forget with athletes that there's a whole human person under there you know yes um so I go to a Catholic school and I think I've just I've surrounded myself with really great friends that I love spending time with and I think it's been hard, you know, traveling for tournaments and practicing all the time. Some it's hard to find time to spend time with friends, but um, I make sure that I do that. And also, I think through golf, I've met so many great girls from around the country and even around the world. So I stay in touch with them all the time. And I think, yeah, it's not about the golf. You know, it's the people I've met through that that are really important to me. And I spend a lot of time talking to them and. They're really great Christian role models for me also. So I think the people I've surrounded myself with, I spent a lot of time learning from them. 
one of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, in, in, in one of the, the questions that, that we recently asked, not, not just about how um, you use your sport to glorify God, but uh, also to give back, um, sort of brings me to uh, this, this next question that is um, profoundly important to me. Um, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital uh, is located here in Memphis. That is the uh, foremost institute research facility and treatment facility for pediatric cancers and catastrophic illnesses affecting children throughout the entire world. Um, it, is, it is located right here in Memphis. It's a very dear place um, in my heart. Um, they are the place that's credited with um, saving my life from leukemia almost 20 years ago, actually more than 20 years ago now. Um, what you did um, to give back to your local community, which is also a, a means of honoring and glorifying God, as you said, you raised over $4,000 for them playing with the American Junior Golf Foundation. And, and I wanted to personally um, take the time to say how proud of you that I am for that, as I know all of our listeners are. And I want to thank you, um, not just you know for, for doing that, um, for honoring God and for giving back, but I mean, from the perspective of a survivor, there, there's something that um, has been said in, in um, survivor theology. I'm actually working on a book right now on survivor, uh, survivorship and Christian spirituality, and I've written, written this. Um, I forget to whom it's credited, but um, they mentioned that survivors become sort of automatic, unpaid spokespersons for the people and the places that, that help them survive. So, you know, as a survivor and a spokesperson for St. Jude, I just, I, I thank you for that. But I, I wanted to ask you, um, what does St. Jude mean to you, and why do you think it's important for athletes to give back to their communities? Mm -hmm. Well, being from Memphis, I'm just so proud. I know St. Jude has changed the lives of so many people, so it's always been an important um, important charity to me. And also, my dad works with cancer patients, so and I know a lot of families whose lives have been changed by St. Jude, so it's always just been really important to me, and to be able to give back in any way I can. I was just really happy to have that opportunity. And like I said before, you know, golf isn't what matters. It's what you do with it. And my parents always tell me that athletes, like, you're going to be in the public eye. So if I have the opportunity to make a difference in, in any way I can, you know, $4,000, I mean, it's not that much in the big picture. But if I can, you know, if everybody can just make a difference as best they can and try hard and contribute, then that's really important. And, you know, you just have to use your the talents God gives you to give back, and then we can all give back together and make a difference. You, you mentioned that you say that $4,000 <laughs> isn't very much in the grand scheme of things. And, and like, while, while she's giving this answer, everybody, I'm like, I'm like fighting back the urge to be like, um, no, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot of other people who, at the age of 15 or 16, just wrote a check for $4,000 to St. Jude, but then all of a sudden, as I'm preparing, you know, the, the, the background to the show or whatever, I go on uh, Rachel's Twitter feed, and there's a picture of her holding a massive check with, with a representative of ALSAC, which is the fundraising arm of, of St. Jude, and they've both got their St. Jude lapel pins on, and she's standing in front of the the original statue that Danny Thomas christened when he opened the when he opened the hospital in 1962, and she's holding this check that you know has got four, some four thousand or more dollars on there. So um, let me go ahead and just assure you that uh, you know that's that is that's an incredible amount, and there are so many um, you know matching donors, and that's just that's that's something that's 
that's entirely remarkable. So thank you for doing that, Rachel. And, um, you know, for our, for our listeners, um, St. Jude, again, uh, is not paying me to say this. Uh, go to uh, stjude.org where you can donate more um, and maybe consider actually doing that. Um, our next question, and we've only got um, two more because I know that she's either got to you know, get back on the practice range or hit the books or something like that. I, God knows I can't keep up with all of her activities. But um, one, of the th- one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I asked as well um, goes in sort of nicely with um, things that uh, I'm interested in and things that you actually live out um, in in my years of sort of study and writing and teaching about these intersections that we've been talking about today, sports and spirituality, I've come across a number of athletes um, who feel better about their performance after they maybe pray or meditate or do some sort of good deed or something like that before a competition, just sort of a way to sort of mentally and emotionally kind of get ready for it. Um, And I was just wondering um, what role, Rachel, if any, does your spiritual life play when it comes to sort of getting ready for you to tee off? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it plays a huge role. I always pray before I tee off, but also during the round, I pray constantly. I never pray that I'll make a putt or hit a good shot, um, but I just pray that I'll be able to just stay calm and realize that how I play isn't what's important. Um, one of my favorite Bible verses is Job thirty-seven fourteen: stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. So if I'm ever playing bad or getting really frustrated about my performance, I just stop and look around and just realize how blessed and how, and just be grateful for um, all everything God has given me and all the people around me, the friends and wonderful family that I'm surrounded by. So whenever I'm too caught up in my score, I always think about that. And also in another prayer, uh, the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, I think that's a good one for golf because it can be pretty frustrating. And just to accept that, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes I'll play well, sometimes I'm not, but that's not who I am. And just to accept that and work hard and move on from it. See, I'm over here thinking to myself, all right, the serenity prayer, of course, I know that. I mean, you know, not don't want any of our listeners to get the wrong idea. That's also the prayer for Alcoholics Anonymous. And like for me, when I'm playing golf, it makes me want to drink because I'm just <laughs> awful at it. So <laughs> just a little bit of levity in our show today. It's like, you know, is, I mean, I love it. I absolutely do love it. But I mean, if I'm playing against somebody and we've bet dinner or drinks or money on the game or something like that, and, and God knows, you know, if I'm if I'm doing as awful as I usually do, it's <laughs> maybe I want to recite that prayer too. So thanks for reminding me about that. Um, Rachel, that's, that's, uh, that's phenomenal, honestly. Um, I was expecting, um, I don't want to say this pessimistically, but, you know, in, in my work um, with sort of sports life coaching, um, I've encountered a lot of athletes, and I might ask them, you know, what, is your, what does your prayer look like before your sport, after your sport, during it? Um, and a lot of them, you know, will give me the same old scriptural verses, um, one of the ones that's most popular, and it might be for you as well. And this is, again, it's the scripture, so it's obviously not a knock against it, but I have a point, I promise. Um, everybody, you know, often gives me uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was delighted to hear from you this verse from, from Job, because this is not one that you ever hear from athletes. So I, I was absolutely thrilled, and that's, that's obviously um, an indicator of someone who um, has actually taken some time to find a 
prayer or a spiritual strengthening method that actually works for them personally rather than finding one that you could run across in any Twitter feed. So you've actually uh, found one that has a personal significance or meaning for you, and I think that's very important. The last question that we're going to sort of send you out on um, is asking really for advice uh, for you to impart for other people. Maybe not just advice, but um, basically you mentioned something earlier about how athletes are often in the public eye. Well, with the airing of this show, um, you're going to further, well, you won't really be in the public eye, but in the public ear, and um, it's it's your chance to sort of use this opportunity, um, use your stature and your status of, of all your remarkable athletic and academic talent and this, that, and the other to um, sort of give voice to other people. And so our question simply comes down to this. You obviously at this at this young age have become quite the role model for young female athletes everywhere um you mentioned michelle Wee. Um, you know if you keep this up people are going to be saying you know well i hope to be the next rachel heck rather than i hope to be the next michelle Wee." so what advice would you give not just to young athletes but all athletes in terms of keeping a level head about themselves uh in both the good and the not so good times mm-hmm. Yeah, well, with any sport and really everything, there's going to be ups and downs. But just using the, especially in golf, you know, you're going to fail a lot more than you succeed. So just to use those as motivation to work harder and work toward a greater purpose. And just remember that all talent is God-given. So, and God has a plan. So if you play well or not, it's everything that happens is according to his plan. So to just trust that and just to keep a level head, you know, if you feel like you're at the top, um, Remember, just look around and realize that you wouldn't be where you are without the people around you and God and all the blessings in your life. So just never take any of that for granted and just enjoy each step of the way. Rachel, how can individuals sort of keep up aside from, you know, watching you when you're in tournaments, this, that, and the other, keeping up with you through through media? Um, how can individuals... Um, sort of keep up with your with your performance and what's going on um, athletically with you. Like, okay, um, you can follow me on Twitter Rachel Heck twenty twenty and Instagram underscore Rachel Heck underscore, and I post a lot about just my tournaments and live, so you can follow me there. Perfect, perfect, and we hope that you all will for sure um, to keep up with. Uh, her already remarkable career and what happens in uh, her next phases of not only uh, her athletic career but um, the rest of her life and that's just that's just, this is absolutely incredible so uh, Rachel we definitely want to thank you for being on today's episode of Eternal Insight thank you so much for having me and um, we hope that you have enjoyed the show uh, all of you in listening land today Um, On behalf of Rachel Heck and all of us here at Eternal Insight. uh, Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. I can't do the outro yet. Uh, I have to mention a couple of other things. Um, If you did enjoy the show today, please, again, one more time, uh, email us, eternalinsightpm at secretary.net. Follow us on Twitter at insight underscore eternal. and like I say, uh, you can hear more about our episodes, our upcoming shows, um, more about the services that we do. Also visit our website, uh, eternalinsight.org. And my little shameless plug to go at the end of this show, um, pretty soon uh, my latest book will be released. It is called Cross of a Different Kind, 
Cancer and Christian Spirituality. Uh, look for that in uh, bookstores everywhere as well as Amazon.com. Um, should be out January of 2018. So I did need to throw that in there, but now I can do the outro. And ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening to Eternal Insight today on behalf of all of us here at Eternal Insight as well as our guest today, Miss Rachel Heck. I am Anthony Marinese. We hope you have a blessed day. Oh.